G'day humans, welcome to a special edition of Wrestling Old Style celebrating our one year anniversary and our annual Best of Year awards. I'm Chris Funder, joined by Fridius Alex. Alex, how are you? Happy anniversary, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good rib. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I'd get you on the spot there. Ah, happy anniversary, humans. Um, this has been a hell of a year for us, let's just say. Um, it's been so much fun, like, just shooting the crap with you every... Catching up every week, just shooting the crap about this stupid thing we watch and put ourselves through sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, so... We have done about 90 episodes. 90 episodes in a year. You're getting yeah. your content's worth, humans. <laughs> All for that elusive three ninety nine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and let's be real, like, Chris Funder's carrying the workload here. Like, he puts in so much extra time on this. I, I'm... I'm super lucky. I just get to come on, talk some crap, and don't have to think about it again. But <laughs> Thunder probably Thunder here probably has to listen to the stuff like a couple of times each time, editing it and all that sort of stuff, and uploading and yeah, and not to mention having his own life outside of this. So yeah, um, hats off to you, sir. Been a great year. Let's just rock and roll for this next one. Let's do even better than we did last year. Yeah. I suppose speaking on the uh the subject of the past year, was there a favorite show that we did um that you had like the most fun of or you thought was our best content that we did? Uh I like like um in particular the first one. Um the entrance themes like the new japan entrance theme came down our top 10 favorite entrance songs from new japan i thought that was one of our best ones um i obviously have a soft spot in my heart for all of the fruity's ultimate game shows um that that's the one thing that I go above and beyond with, and that's just like writing my shows. Cause like I go to sleep every night thinking about like angles for my show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked, as you said, yeah, the, um, the, the thunderstorm where we're doing the, the different top tens, the, um, the R block's been a lot of fun where we're yeah, trying was... to pick different results. Um, I don't know if I'd say it was the funnest episode, but no. I think the most important one we did was that um that wrestling news special um just talking everything that sort of happened the the midway point of the year to that point and um a lot of uh, serious things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a really important episode that we did. Something we had to do. We had to talk about it. It was so big at the time uh, should still be big um yeah there's been episodes that, like 
even our very first episode, like after we were done recording that, I was like, I've really enjoyed recording that one. Uh, I'll go back and listen to it now. I feel like it's something we could retouch up on is like, um, you know, getting to know your hosts, humans. A little bit more of that, I think, would be good in the future. Um, we obviously get a retouch on the second half of that today as we do an award show. Uh, I loved the over-the-top movie review. Oh, that's what I got to tell you. My boss actually mentioned to me the other day that he watched Over the Top, and I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? <laughs> Had you even heard of the movie before? No, I, I think I said on the the show that I might have watched it with you at one point, but other than that, no. So it just keeps coming out, like all these yeah. over-the-top references, like... Yeah, even Kenny Omega making a over-the-top reference on Dynamite one week where he says he flicked the switch when he turned his hat backwards. <laughs> like, oh, it's just, yeah. Over-the-top nostalgia is in at the moment for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it. Um, was there anything else you sort of wanted to touch on or should we just get straight into the awards and sort of look back on the year that was? Yeah, uh, I think we could do a full episode itself, deep diving into our podcast, to be honest. Talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we regret, what we don't regret, all that sort of stuff. Cause Losing a couple of episodes because of technical difficulties and having to re-record. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, we could go into it heaps. We could take an hour just talking about that stuff, but maybe that's a thing we could do one day. Who knows? But I don't know if there's much of an audience to hear a podcast talk about their own podcast for an hour either. So, yeah, that's <laughs> true too. Um, yeah, I think we've touched everything we could. Like, yeah, also some of the raps we've done, like the weekly wrestling raps, like full disclosure, we just put one in the can. I think it's one of the best ones have done i think it'll probably be out by the time this one's out but yeah 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 it should be out uh, a bit shortly before this but um yeah the raps are always fun just decompressing the week that was um it got a bit crazy there for a bit i think we were taking on too many shows yeah like the first one we did back and i'm like you know what i'm feeling generous let me just watch everything <laughs> and you're like yeah are you okay, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no three-hour episodes of AEW Dark. No. No. no uh, if you want to start contributing to a GoFundMe to, for me to, and Alex to watch that, then sure. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, enough joking aside, let's get into it. First award... Moment of the year for domestically. Uh, we don't award this internationally. Instead, we do a different one for international. Um, last year, Alex had said Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay at Festival Hall, while I had said PCW Grand, PCW Grand Slam running the same night as MCW Clash of the Titans. Uh, what do you have this year, Alex? 
Yeah, so I got a. I'll go with my honorable mentions first. Yeah. Uh, Adam Brooks showing up in Riot City Wrestling. It just blew my mind. I didn't see it happening. Uh, Ricky South's entrance at Rick South for the boys. Honorable mention. <laughs> um, I just love that thing so much. Um, but my moment of the year for Australia New Zealand, the signing of multiple Aussies to Ring of Honor, which unfortunately we haven't got to see much of, but Adam Brooks, Slex, and Kellyanne getting signed to a major North American promotion, especially with those those three in particular being such a staple of Australian wrestling for so many years, for over a decade, all three of these people, basically. So just those three in particular getting signed, picked up by a major promotion, I just thought was huge. And it's one of those things where it sort of lifts the spirits of the entire Aussie scene because these three really respected wrestlers finally got their shot. Yeah, just unfortunately for them, the timing didn't work out. I think Slex might have done two, maybe three matches. Brooksy did that one match over in the UK. I don't know if he did any after he got signed. No. And Kellyanne, I think, was supposed to start in the women's uh, tournament but didn't get over there beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, all really good choices there. Um, again, I want to give an honourable mention to some that you've mentioned. The um, Rick South for the boys event I thought was a really good um, all-inclusive event for that weekend. Um, same weekend as um, Mardi Gras in Sydney, as well as, yeah, what you just said, the signing of the free MCW wrestlers to Ring of Honor in the States. Um, also, Farley Dojo officially becoming the New Japan Pro Wrestling New Zealand Dojo happened in January. Yeah, that's huge. I, I completely forgot that was in 2020, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, however, my honourable mention... Uh, sorry, my... <laughs> Choice goes to local wrestling returning in the spring. So we had uh, Wright City, PWA, EPW, and SPW, the sort of bigger promotions there, all returning around the same time. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. Um, from there, the second award, Best Weekly Series of the Year. Uh, so this one we just awarded in. Ashley, last year, Alex, you said NWA Power while I said AEW Dynamite. Uh, what do you have this year, Alex? And no, no, not NWA Power. What about uh, not... uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Presents Fight Pass thingy featuring NWA? No, no. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it's 205. No. <laughs> My. Best weekly TV show internationally, honourable mentions, the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. Strictly that. Yeah, um, I agree. That when the tournament was on, it was really good and focus driven. After that, it yeah. just sort of dropped off. Yeah, exactly. Um, th my other honourable mention, 
SmackDown after Roman Reigns returned. Yeah, I agree there. SmackDown has been the show that's been carrying WWE the last four, five months. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can't hear my dogs howling, can you? No. Ah, uh, good. <laughs> my weekly, uh, my best weekly international show of the year, though, is it's all elite wrestling dynamite. It just had to be. Honestly, there wasn't much competition. <laughs> yeah, so um, great choice for myself. Looking at all the different shows we we're covering for the rap, so AEW Dark, um, Impact Wrestling, Impact. 205 Live, NXT UK, uh, NXT Raw, SmackDown, New Japan of America Strong, main event at points. (laughs) Yeah, nothing came close to the consistency of Dynamite each week. And for myself, I say Dynamite to make it a clean sweep. Yeah, Uh, and that's back to back for you. Yes, back to back. <laughs> Maybe a little more back to back coming up. Um, now, I have a new award that I did want to add last year, but I completely forgot it off the rundown sheet. And I only noticed it when I opened the Word document this year. Um, oh, you're going to put me on the spot here. So, best streaming service of the year, internationally and domestically. Do you have one for internationally last year? Um, yeah, it's gonna have to be the WWE Network. Yeah, um, for myself, for 2019, I'd say New Japan World. Yeah, that's a good choice, too. What about this year, 2020, um, internationally? Um, I'm going to have to go again just back-to-back years with the WWE Network because I don't know how long it's going to be like this for us anymore. (laughs) Fair enough. Things Um, could change soon. Uh, Eddie Maguire might buy it or something. I think we've got... Because of what's happened with Fox uh, Sports over recent years, we've seen the advent of uh, Fox Footy for the AFL. Fox League for the NRL, Fox Cricket for the like the Big Bash and the international tours. I wouldn't put it past Foxtel to come on board and say, hey, we'll give you so much if you give us a WWE network channel. So it it air Raw, SmackDown, NXT on that channel uh, at the same time as Fox 8, and then just air network stuff the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, for myself this year, internationally, I said AEW Plus on fight. Like, oh, without, yeah. Without that, how are we watching AEW? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, probably should have picked that, but I've already made my choice, so that'll do. Uh, um, 2019 domestically, do you have a, um, a VOD service for 2019 that you felt was the best service you were using? Yeah, I would have... 2019, thinking back, what am I watching the most? MCW Encore or whatever they call it. Yeah, that's fair enough. That was that's why I said as well. I said MCW Encore on Vimeo. Um, yeah. 2020, do you have a choice for the 
um, streaming service you used or enjoyed the most this past year domestically? Yeah, so I'm going to have to go PWA on OVO as yeah. much as that's like kind of a point of contention right now. It's yeah, going it is. Away. No it uh, yeah. finished two, three days ago as we're recording this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's a really good choice. I think over the past year, if I was working a lot more days like I was towards the end of the year and I was watching a lot more <laughs> PWA live, I would have picked that. However, I went for Wright City Wrestling on YouTube. Good choice. That was something I was considering. I think just their their um quality that they're putting out and their consistency is really good. Yeah. Um, next category. Uh, next next category. If is, I can take over. Yeah. I've got worst international weekly shows. <laughs> oh boy. Shall we just three, two, one? Yeah. Three, two, one. Raw. Raw. <laughs> Got that out of the way. Yeah. It's no surprise, is it? No. No. So I figured that's the most predictable one out of my little worst ofs I'm adding in here. Yeah. It, it's The problem with Raw is it's three hours because of their TV deal. If yeah. it was two, it'd be a lot better. But there's still so much that needs to change. Their camera angles are bad. The repetitive formatting of the show is bad. The the way the show's laid out, person comes out, cuts 15-minute promo, has a confrontation, sets up the main event for the night, nine out of ten weeks is bad. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, you could say every single thing exactly the same about AEW Dark, but you're not going to give the award to AEW Dark for being the worst weekly international show because it's not meant to be the flagship. Yeah, it's not the biggest wrestling show on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, you could pick 205 Live for being just the land of unused toys or WWE main event if anyone even watches that. Like... But no, you can't pick those because you got a grade on the curve as well. Like Raw's meant to be what everyone's watching, and now it's getting 1.8 million viewers a week. I know we mentioned it during one of our TNA reviews where Alvarez is going back because I listen to some of those shows sometimes where he's losing his mind on old uh, wrestling observers and figure four radio shows losing his mind at impact getting under two million and I'm going, Huh, Raw would kill to be getting two million right now. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. Oh man. Um yeah, both agree. Dishonorable mention, Raw, get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Uh next is announcer or announced team of the year. Last year internationally, Alex and myself both said the New Japan English team of Kevin Kelly, Rocky Romero, Chris Charlton and Gino Gambino. Um, your choice for this year, Alex? Yeah, so I'm not going to go a full announced team this year. I'm just going to go one announcer. Honourable mention, Samoa Joe. I think he's fantastic and one of the few bright spots on Raw. 
Um, but my 2020 announcer of the year, uh, tell me in 2018 I was going to be saying this. I would have called you an excessive liar. Tony Schiavone. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I thought he is out of the three people in the booth of AEW Dynamite, which was our weekly international show of the year, I thought he was the best out of the three. Yeah, you're not wrong. I agree there um, to choose a one commentator. However, I went back to back and said the New Japan English team again of Kelly uh, Romero, Charlton and Gambino for the limited time he spent there early in the year. Yep, that's a fair call too. So Just... I also have worst ofs for this international one. Just so Ooh, you know. yes. Uh, honorable mention to part of the exact same announced team that my best announcers on. Good old JR Jim Ross. Yeah, that, that's fair. But my worst announcer of the year internationally. Thankfully, he's gone now. Josh Matthews. <laughs> gone on to uh, bigger and better things. I don't care where he's gone. He's just not on my TV anymore, so I'm happy. Um, worst of. Um, there is... <laughs> Pretty much most of WWE to me is just nails on a chalkboard. Like the only commentator I'd pick out of that'd be Nig- Nigel McGuinness and Samoa Joe at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just say all of WWE except those two guys because you have <laughs> you have so many people in your system and you still struggle to get a good coherent commentary team. <laughs> Alright, so that award's going to look funny next year when we revisit this because it's just going to say all of WWE except Nigel McGuinness and Samoa Joe. Yeah. This is good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're both fantastic. Just genuinely sad both men aren't wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, domestically, last year we said best of... uh, we both agreed that Wrestle Rock, Chris Fresh, and Julian James was our announced team of the year. No Wrestle Rock this year, so I'm interested to see where you go, Alex. Yeah, I'm going Andrew Rose and Chris Gale from PWA. Really? Uh, I thought they were probably the best out of everyone I watched this year, um, and they've improved quite a lot from the previous year. And they had fantastic performances at Rick South for the boys in particular. Um, and also having to carry the carry the PWA Premiership show every week for what felt like a lifetime. So, so yeah. And also you got to credit in the fact that out of all the announced teams in Australia, these guys are the ones doing the most so that that was obviously going to influence my decision as well. 
because I completely agree with you for all the reasons you've just said there. They've improved so much and they're doing a lot. Um, so, yeah, PWA, Andrew Rose and Chris Gale get um, my choice there for best domestic team of the year. Perfect. A clean sweep again. Yeah, bloody oath. So, next we go to promo of the year. Uh, internationally last year, Alex had said, oh, we both said AEW Cody asking for his older brother, Dustin. Now, yes. um, where do you go for your best this year? So it's not going to be a specific promo. It's going to be an average of performances. So I've got a lot of honourable mentions here because I've kicked the tyres on a lot of them. You're not going to like my first honourable mention, John Moxley, but I think his promos are fantastic. I like his promos. I like his character. It's when he gets in the ring, it's still very Dean Ambrose. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, my other honourable mentions, something I didn't think I'd be saying like in a couple of years ago as well, MVP. Yeah, that's a really good choice. Um Taz as well. Like, is that just for the laughs? I I literally just mean for his work as the spokesman on Dynamite for Team uh, FPW. Fair enough. Uh, then. I, I think is yeah, and in a similar role, Don Callis has been fantastic. <coughs> Short amount of time he did it in 2020. Uh very this, and then my final honorable mention. I was almost going to give him the award, but Eddie Kingston is my final honourable mention because he's just on a different level on the microphone, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, And my best... Yeah, my best international promo of the year, I'm also grading on a curve, Roman Reigns. Wow, you went WWE. I did not see that. <laughs> I literally named... Uh, oh, no, there was one WWE person, MVP, in my honourable mentions, but MVP and then, like, four characters from Dynamite. <laughs> so, well, yeah. keeping on the theme of the big dog, I've actually chosen someone from his bloodline. I chose not so much a promo, but... The Jay Uso Chronicle before Clash of Champions and his match with Roman Reigns. That's so good. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it just because it's so such a good watch. Uh, completely unrelated, but kind of related. Well, actually, very technically related. Watch the Yokozuna documentary on the WWE Network. So good. Yeah, it will be tonight. <laughs> yeah, I really recommend it. There's just this little line where they talk about, like Roman Reigns is talking about Yokozuna beating Brett for the title at, in the main event of WrestleMania 9. It's like the whole family's so proud. We got one of our own. One of our own is the champion finally. We finally got it. And then he walked in <laughs> in reference to Hulk Hogan. As uh, the OSW boys like to say, see Hogan. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Aussies say it all the time. It's the other word for mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, your worst promo of the year. Um, yeah, this one was a bit tougher to pick than I thought it would be. But I'm going to give it to Charlotte Flair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, there's, like, I thought about giving it to, like, a Nia Jax, who I think is pretty awful on the mic. But here's the thing. I expect her to be awful on the mic. I expect better from Charlotte. And most of the time, she just comes across as unlikable. So if she's being a heel... If she's being a baby face, she comes across as a heel, and half the time when she's actually a heel, she's doing baby face stuff. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. Charlotte Flair, worst promo of 2020 for me. Um, quickly, I just forgot to mention an honourable mention for my best was the contract signing between Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa for their first match. Oh, man. Good times. Yeah. Um, worst of. Jeez. Um, I can't think of anything specifically off the top of my head that stands out as worst. Um, I mean, Nyla had a few bad promos at the start of the year, but she sort of then got given Vicky. Um... Who's not that much better, to be fair. <laughs> she has her moments, though. Yeah, I'm just trying to think in the other promotions. Nothing stands out. You could go Ricochet, who is John Pollock's favourite promo. Oh, but that's just an easy pick. I'm just trying to think if there's anything from like someone I'd expect better of that stands out for the past year. Um, I would... I would... Give a dishonourable mention to Seth Rollins, who was pretty tough to listen to for most of 2020. Yeah, that's true too. Um, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head other than, yeah, just Nyla Rose keeps coming to mind. So Nyla Rose is your worst promo of the year. Yeah. Um, however, domestically, best promo. Last year, you said Matty Warburg, while I said the PWA video of Jack J. Bonzer confronting Robbie Eagles before Liger Down Under. Yeah, what do you good. have? What do you have this year? Uh, I've got honourable mentions first: Mick Moretti and Matty Warburg for their back and forth, basically. It's been fantastic to watch. Another honourable mention to Rocky Monero, who's just a fantastic heel champ. Yeah. Another honourable mention, more so for the cinematography of it all, the Jack Bonza return video of him, like, in the snow in the woods with the big beard and he shaves it off and he opens up a chest and he finds a... Finds his gear and all that sort of stuff. You see that one? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was just... The cinematography of it all was just beautiful. But my best domestic promo of the year is all 
of Kellyanne's online videos for Ring of Honor? Wow, that's a really good choice. Um, yeah, poor old Kellyanne. She sort of she's she's made the most of what she has. Yeah, that's true. I just she she got um dealt a tough deal there. Yeah, big time. And have you seen her lately? Um, like she is like just shredded now, just like in just incredible shape. Oh wow! No, yeah. I haven't. Um, but my choice was the EPW video, the career versus title match for the Coastal Championship, Davis Storm versus Marcus Pitt. Oh, that's a good choice. Um, on to category number six, Rising Star of the Year. Um, so internationally, last year for Mal, Alex said Hangman Adam Page, and I said Orange Cassidy, while for female, we both agreed Real Ripley, with myself saying if she's not in the main roster in a year, WWE are mad. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> that, that quote keeps coming up, doesn't it? Well, it is a year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you have this year? Uh, let's go male first. All right. There's going to be a bit of a theme with mine. My male rising star of the year, pretty much for his work online on YouTube, and it's slowly starting to make its way onto television, and by the end of the year, is a regular feature on television. Johnny Hungy, John Silver. Oh, that's a really good choice. Yeah, I, I think he's fantastic to watch in the ring as well. Because um, he's such a short guy, but he's not doing flips. He's not doing all that fancy stuff. He's a short guy doing power moves because the dude is just like, He's wider than he is tall. So, yeah, it's just, he's really fun to watch. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, What about, oh, I suppose. Your, your male. male. Um, Honourable mention to John Silver, but I went somebody who I think made the most of an opportunity during the pandemic, that being Yota Suji. That's a really good choice. Yeah, <laughs> man, that dude just brought it. If you had asked me, hey, who's Yoda Suji and what's he doing like a few months ago, I would have gone, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he certainly made the most of that opportunity during the whole uh, pandemic G1. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, his performances in those... Uh, G1 undercard matches were just fantastic. Um, so from there, your female choice of the year. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, so like I said, there's a bit of a connection between my male and female choice because my female choice is number 99, Anna J. Oh, wow, that's a great choice. Another honourable mention for myself, but... um. A really good choice. Yeah, I I just think like she got signed just uh, during the pandemic at that um 
when they were bulk taping in the nightmare factory or whatever they call it, just as the pandemic started and they had those shows in Cody and QT Marshall's training school there. And she got signed pretty much on the spot after doing a couple of like, you know, jobs for him. And she's just taken the, making the most out of all of it since. And like, She's had many great moments, like the attack on Brandy Rhodes just after Brody Lee won the TNT title on that Saturday Night Dynamite episode. Just incredible stuff. And she's got so much upside and she's so young. Like, yeah. So both of my Rising Star Awards go to members of the Dark Order. Yeah, I can't can't disagree there. However, honourable mention... From myself but i chose somebody who i've been a fan of but sort of have just been on the underground for a little while um and then sort of shot onto the main national international scene late in the year thunder rosa at the nwa yeah that that's a really good pick i thought about picking her but in but for her to be a rising star it wouldn't technically apply to me because I was watching her all year, the year before and the year before that. So on NWA. So yeah, it's a valid pick for you if you'd yeah. never seen it before. Uh, she is just incredible. I don't even think she's a rising star. I think she's just a star. She's a, she is a star and they should be doing a lot more with her. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, so we go over to domestically. Last year for Mal, Alex said Manny Wahlberg, while I said Richie Taylor of MCW. For female, Alex said Avery of MCW, while I said Steph DeLander of PWA. What do you have this year, Alex? Yeah, uh, I think we should go females first this time. Yeah. Ladies first. Um, my choice for the domestic rising star of the year I'll give you the tea, bro. It's Kingsley. Yes, great choice. Yeah, I so much upside. Like, she's got it in the ring. She's just got there this year in the ring, to be honest. But this year, she's finally got it in the ring. She's got it going on all cylinders. And on top of all that, her character work, her promo work, just perfect. She's the sort of... Uh, woman that's just not going to be floating around the indie scene for too long because as soon as someone from a major company sees her, they're going to swoop her up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I left her off my shortlist because I have been watching PWA a lot longer and seen her there as well as the uh, New South Indies, but um, a really good choice. Um, However, for me, I went... Over the border to South Australia and chose from Wright City Wrestling, Izzy Shaw. Wouldn't happen to do with her gear, would it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I think um, given where she was sort of positioned at the start of the year when I was watching Wright City to the end of the year, you could see um, 
how how much he had grown uh, in character and in the ring. A hundred percent, hundred percent. What about yourself, uh, male rising star from the year? Um, I'm. I think you're not going to see this one coming. Yeah. Donnie Mako. Oh, good choice. Shark bra or whatever. Shark bro. Yeah, shark bra. You're making kids cry, bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, good choice. He's been on a few of the Academy shows before the pandemic. Um, Academy or Green Label, depending what they branded at at the time. Um, but yeah, really good choice. He has come a long way from last year. New gear, yeah. new presentation. Um, yeah, he looks legit now. I think that really helped the new gear. Like, yeah, other his... than his blue board shorts. Yeah, exactly. Um, he looks <clears throat> like a star now. He, he's got it. He's got the just like that visual charisma you sort of just look at him and you think oh who's that that's someone yeah. he's got that now it's all coming together in ring for him yeah he's definitely my rising star um for myself i said somebody who i sort of didn't take too seriously at the start of the year and then by the end of the year they're pretty much in world title contention for that company from PWA, Liabird Lucci is my choice. Yeah, that's an incredible choice too. I yeah. mean, he's already risen, but given where he was at the start of the year and seeing that progression, wow. Yeah, and who says he's done rising either? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from there, award number seven, uh, Best tag team stable or faction of the year. Uh, internationally last year, Alex had chose the Undisputed Era. That's Cole, Fish, O'Reilly and Strong from WWE. While I had chosen the elite Cody, Omega, Hangman and the Young Bucks from AEW. Where do you go this year, Alex? Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of... I'm not picking a stable this year. I've got a couple of honourable mentions. First honourable mention to the Young Bucks. Second honourable mention to the North, who I think are just incredible. Unfortunately, they're not together anymore because contracts and stuff. (laughs) But I think the North are just incredible. Like, just so good. I just wish people could see them. (laughs) Um, But my winner of the Tag Team of the Year internationally... Sort of a forgotten tag team by the end of the year, but it's Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's fair enough. They were a big part of the um the uh, length of the year, really. Yeah, I think their matches against the Young Bucks, uh, their match, even their match against FTR was pretty good. Their matches, like, during the pandemic, like, in those Nightmare Factory studio matches against, like, the Hybrid 2 and, like, who was it? Like, SEU and, like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and just, like, 
carrying the division whilst they were in the pandemic and in uncharted territories or uncharted waters. Like, yeah, I think Hangman Page and Kenny Omega were a fantastic tag team and they consistently delivered banger matches with it, with compelling storylines. Yeah, I'd have to agree there for an honourable mention. However, I'm going to stay within AEW and say a team, well, not so much a team, but a faction that was completely turned around from the end of last year going into November, October this year. That is the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Preston Vance, and Anna Jay. Yeah, that's an incredible choice. Um, um, I do have worst international tag teams. If you can think <laughs> of one off the top of your head, you can go first, even. Oh, yeah, I already know who I'm going for this one. <laughs> yeah, go on. It is the team of, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, here we go. Evil and Dick to go. Yeah, I'd already finished writing it before you finished that sentence. Um, yes, and my worst tag team of the year isn't just because of, isn't because of them actually being a bad tag team because I think they could be they could easily be the best tag team in the year, but it's more so how they were used. My worst tag team of the year, the Viking Raiders. Oh, honourable mention from myself for that because they definitely had to go through some stuff this year. Yeah, and then, like, one of them gets injured and then one of them gets put on Raw Underground and then Raw Underground gets taken away, so he gets put in the 24-7 chasing around R-Truth division. Do you know how many title reigns R-Truth has had as of the end of the Rumble? 48, I think. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I searched it up because he won it back from that Peter Rosenberg guy. Wow. Um, after, like overnight after the rumble, he won it back. So, yeah. Yeah, so the Viking Raiders is my worst tag team just because of how they were utilized and it has, no, it has nothing to do with them. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, that that's completely fair. However, best domestic team last year, a clean sweep from NCW. We both said the Brat Pack, Nick Berry, Nick Berry, Mitch Waterman, and Avery. Um, might be a bit hard to choose them this year, considering they only had two appearances. Uh, but where do you go this year, Alex? Yeah, honourable mentions to the Brat Pack, <laughs> <laughs> just because I love them. <laughs> And Mitch Waterman got a haircut I saw on Instagram. Ooh. He chopped it all off. And now oh. he's like and now he's all thick. He's like all like huge and jacked. <coughs> wow. Yeah, he's big thick waterman. <laughs> um thick waterman and thick berry. No. Um my honorable mentions for the twenty twenty domestic tag team of the year is the velocities. Like, how can you not, like, mention them when you're talking about tag teams of the year? Like, these dudes are just incredible, just doing stuff that no one's ever seen before. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that as well. Yeah, but my tag team of the year from Riot City Wrestling, the Pereira. Ooh, that's a really good choice. Um, wow. Just their stuff in this like heel faction with Rocky Monero. I just, I love it. I love it. It's very like, it's very old school in a sense. And I kind of like that. It's very like Ric Flair with Ollie and Ollie Anderson and Arn Anderson, except if Ollie and Arn could do like crazy high flying stuff in a ring. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, a lot of honorable mentions here. Um, firstly, honorable mention to Lux, one of the best. Um, women's tag teams going around today. Um, the reason this category isn't split into male and female is there is not enough credible women's tag teams out there for us to choose from internationally or domestically. Um, no. So, yeah, honourable mention to Lux. Honourable mentions to the Velocities and MK Plus Ultra of PWA. Um Oh, I forget their new name, but um, TMDK members, um, oh, what is it? The Untouchables of EPW in Perth. Yeah. Um, also, from Wright City Wrestling, World Class Egos, Basso and Hayter, Gods and Monsters, Marshall and Grimm, and the Kings of Ruin, Zach Sabbath and Mike Boomer. However, I'm going with the faction of... The Family, Rocky Monero, Tyler Daniels, Gabriel Eros, uh, Furios, and Miss Madeline from Bright City Wrestling. Yeah, that's a great choice. I feel they all play so well into each other that it's yeah. a really good faction. Yeah, uh, like I said before, I love it. Um, yeah, I probably should have just picked him as a faction as a whole, to be honest. Why but, do you want to now? No, no, I'll, I'll stick with the Pereira as a tag team. I was given credit to just tag teams this year by the looks of things, so that's that's my theme. I'll <laughs> stick with it. I'll stick with my word. Um, yeah, so where do we move on to now? Uh, oh. Award number eight. Best wrestler of the year. So internationally last year, Alex had said Cody Rhodes for male and Shayna Baszler for female, whilst I said Will Ospreay for male and Tessa Blanchard for female. Uh, Alex. <laughs> the, less, the less said about that, the better. Uh, would you care to start? Yeah. Uh, do you want to start female or male? Uh, your choice, kind sir. All right, I'll start female. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even have that many honourable mentions. So there's like Thunder Rosa, maybe Sasha Banks, I guess. But without a doubt for me, Bailey carrying the WWE Women's Division at a at one point in time, like. They had her and Sasha on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT just because they were so good. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. That's my choice as well. Bailey um, completely carrying that women's division. Honourable mention to um, Diana Parazzo for her work over in Impact, yeah. um, especially that 30-minute Iron Woman match. Um, but, yeah, I felt in a roster that is so stacked and so talented and you have so many options... It was a real letdown this year, and the shining light was Bailey. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She was just a whole nother level. Yeah, like, everyone's everyone's playing chess and she's playing checkers. Like, she's just, she's doing it differently than everyone else, and I, it comes across like that on TV, too. Like, it, it almost... There's almost like a certain feeling of unpredictability with Bailey just because she doesn't feel as scripted as everyone else as well. So I just really enjoy watching her no matter what she does at the moment. Um, yeah. You got any picks for worst female wrestler? I mean... There's a pretty it's... glaring, obvious one. I mean, there's the obvious one. Um, I feel bad for picking a certain AEW wrestler because they were injured for a long time of the year when they were promised to be wrestling for a long time of the year. Um, I think that's more on the company's part than her part. But, yeah, I'm going to go there again on this show. <laughs> Nia Jax injuring Kari saying. Yeah, I'll let you go first because I'd already written down Nia Jax for you. I thought <laughs> for sure you were going to say it because I picked the exact same person. Like, she's come back. She, admittedly, she's had double knee surgery. She seems visibly more immobile in that ring. Like, it's harder for her to keep up. She does that leg drop and she barely gets it her feet off the ground when she does the leg drop now. Uh, her injuring Kyrie, then injuring Kyrie, then injuring Kyrie, then Kyrie quitting. Then injuring Lana at one point. Then injuring Lana. Oh, God knows who else <laughs> she's injured. I think she injured Liv at one point too or something. Yeah, just... Uh, yeah, uh I don't want to be a dick, but just I say her, and it just makes me want to turn off my television. Yeah. It makes me want to burn my television. Uh, what about something positive? Best male wrestler internationally? I keep changing my answer on this. You can award ties if you need. Oh, God. How big of a tie can we give it? <laughs> I'd say three at the most. Okay. All right. I'm happy with that. Honorable mentions, John Moxley, who I think had a fantastic year. You disagree. We already know that. <laughs> I, I say he had a great year. The point where he lost me was saying, I don't need the Dirty Deeds to beat MJF. And yeah. then the ref's looking away because he's removing the ring, and he does the dirty deeds to win. Could you argue that that was a way to put MJF over because John Moxley had to resort to it? 
I'd say no, because it took a while for MJF to do anything <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yes, true. Um, another honourable mention besides John Moxley is Randy Orton. At one point, was doing some incredible stuff. Please take your mind out of January and into the first half of 2020. <laughs> because, yes, I get what we're getting with with Randy Orton right now is kind of trash. But, yeah. Um, I also give an honourable mention to Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns. Yeah, I can agree but... with that. My um, wrestler of the year. Actually, I got sorry, forgot a couple here. Um, other honorable mentions: Kota Ibushi, Andrew McIntyre. Because I'm giving it once again to Cody Rhodes. Oh, terrible neck tattoo and all. I think he. Had a fantastic year. He made that TNT title. He made it. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, For myself, I think North American-wise, I'd have to say honourable mention to Cody as much as it pains me to say that out loud. (laughs) But I think... Overall, internationally, I'd say Jay White this year was one of the better wrestlers that I saw. So that's your pick? Yeah, for overall in-ring and character-wise, Jay White. Yeah, and you got to take into consideration, like, he wasn't with New Japan that entire pandemic era. Yeah, that's true, too. He missed out on New Japan Cup and then came in late for the G1. So that just shows you how good of a year he had that he's left that much of an impression on you. Especially the uh, the briefcase match and Coda's there like in tears realising it's slipping through his fingers and Jay's going, yeah, yeah, it's mine now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so good. So good. Uh, I suppose we need to go the other half of the coin here. <laughs> yeah, do you want to go first? Um... I mean, I've already given it to somebody here. I mean, it's hard for me. Um, can I defer? My, if you pick my male wrestler of the year as your worst wrestler of the year, I wouldn't even argue with you. Who, Cody? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm biased. Um, I mean, I'm not that biased. Um. Do you- can I defer to you for a moment? Yeah. Uh, I'll give some honourable mentions here that might help you think of people. Or dishonourable. <laughs> yeah, dishonourable mentions, sorry. Uh, dishonourable mention number one, The Fiend. Trash year. Absolutely <laughs> trash year. Uh, dishonourable mention, Baron Corbin. As soon as they took the crowd away from him, well, they didn't take anything away from him. As soon as the crowd wasn't there for him, they finally realized he's only good at one thing, and that is getting people to boo him. So they just dragged him off TV and 
until they could figure out a way to pipe in some fake crowd noise. And the exact same thing for my other honourable mention, Elias. But my worst male wrestler of the year, Chris Jericho. Hot take, I know, but it's more so I've watched Chris Jericho my entire life and then all of a sudden, 2020, he decided to be the biggest piece of crap on the internet. <laughs> well, if we're including that as well, there's a few WWE people I could drag in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, um, I'm just rating Chris Jericho on the scale of I loved that man. Um, this past year, he just disappointed the crap out of me. And then he got, you know, his botching moves and getting out of gas as well. Like... Running out of gas really early into matches with Orange Cassidy and like Orange Cassidy can't even roll him up properly for a pinfall win. Was that the mouse trap that no one understood? Yeah, the mouse trap. Um Yeah, to me like one or two people stand out. I can't think of anyone like Jericho's a good honorable mention. Um Evil mainly for his hill antics. Oh my god, how did I not even mention him? Uh, Co worst wrestler of the year, Evil with Chris Jericho. There you go. <laughs> but I mean, I can't think of anyone that bad other than from WWE. Somebody who was put in a position they shouldn't have been put in, and that was Otis. Was oh. he bad? No. Was he in a position he should have never been in, in hindsight? Yes. Yeah, it was... It's like if you had Santino there in, in the main event picture for a little bit. Like, Santino's not doing anything wrong. He's a great character. His gimmick's great. He's just in the wrong spot. Yeah, that's what I think here. I can't think of anyone who was um, dangerous to a point other than bringing up all the uh, cancelled wrestlers. There's no one like that. Jericho is um, lost a touch, which is an honourable mention. Evil, I could go on about for three hours on this podcast, but I don't want to. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that I added Evil as my co-worst male wrestler of the year because I completely forgot about him because I hate him that much. Oh, man. Um, I suppose we go on to the uh, brighter side of things for domestically now. Uh, male wrestler of the year last year, we both awarded a tie in a clean sweep saying from PWA, Matty Wahlberg, and from MCW, Slex. While for the female choice, we also said a clean sweep of Avery from MCW. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go this year. So do you mind if I start first on this one? Yes, go for it. So for my male wrestler of the year, um, I think sheerly because of his work this past year, it is from RCW, Rocky Monero. And that is exactly where I went. Wow, 
another clean sweep in this category. I wonder if we can make it four, because for my female choice, I went the arm collector, Jessica Troy. <laughs> yeah, I went Jessica Troy as well. Um, Rocky Monero, just going back to him, I just love watching his heel work. Um, he's just such a scumbag, but you just can't stop watching him. And him selling over the top for Baron was just some of like my biggest highlights of the year in wrestling in general. Just and him just doing the classic like I'm trying to run away from the serial killer, but I fell <laughs> over and I I'm struggling to move now. I can't feel my limb limbs. Oh, let's go! And then like shoving like Tyler Daniels in front of Baron, just all the classic heel stuff, which we just don't see enough of in like this day and age and i love um apart from his in ring work because we don't have like um best gimmick or best character it's um evolution of this uh dominant heel champion where it's gone from um cheating to one and done to a video referee replay in a championship match and it is just building up this legacy where he's over 600 and 50 days now, I believe, as champion, as we record. Yeah, just insane. And, and, like, if they were to keep the title on him for another 650 days, I'm sure he would fi- continuously find ways to keep it fresh and exciting, which yeah, is exactly what he's done. And, like, this is no um, offence to any of the um, Melbourne City wrestlers, for example, with their year-long championship reigns there. But Rocky's been defending this pretty much every month of this past year, other than a small handful of months. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, like, this is a championship reign of the modern era in Australian um, independent wrestling that we may not see again. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, from there, Jessica Troy, like, I mean, when you thought that she couldn't have a year to top last year. She certainly did it this year. Yeah, she's, in my honest opinion, probably the best female wrestler in the world. Like, bell to bell? Bell to bell? There's not many better than her. No, no, I I couldn't disagree with you there. Um, Certainly, I think if the pandemic hadn't happened, she would be one of the ones being looked at by someone like an AEW or a Ring of Honor um, this you time. Have to so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, from there, we go on to category number nine, Company of the Year. Um, so, yeah, just again, like last year, you can't say NXT and then give WWE worst company because it's all one company. It's not best promotion or best brand. Um, yeah. So, last year, both Alex and myself said in a Queen's. In a clean sweep, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where do you go this year, Alex? I do not go to New Japan Pro Wrestling because I disagree. If you're going to say them, sorry for cutting the wheels underneath you, all that sort of stuff, I think they had a fairly ordinary year. Um, So I pick All Elite Wrestling, AEW. Oh, I... I didn't expect you to say that, but um, 
That's actually my choice as well. I gave an honourable mention to New Japan Pro Wrestling simply for their handling of uh, the pandemic and uh, yes, working that's... to bring wrestling back during this time. Yeah, However, that's been great, but creatively they've just been a mess in my opinion. Uh, their, their booking of the double championship from the New Japan Cup until Wrestle Kingdom was terrible. I'm done with Naito. How you killed that guy in six months is a mystery to me, but you did it. You killed evil. You've killed any interest I have in Bullet Club versus Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's how I couldn't give it best company. And for the consistency that All Elite Wrestling had, for the seriousness of um, taking, for the seriousness that they handled the uh, pandemic with in North America, for doing everything right, COVID tests from the start, uh, isolating the wrestlers. Once you checked in, you couldn't leave the venue, um, taking names of everyone who entered, isolating the crowd away from the wrestlers once they came back, other than that one crazed Dean Ambrose fan. So they've done a really good job with all that. Um, yeah, definitely. One or two booking decisions that were a bit of a miss, but you can look across all the major companies in uh, North America and say the same thing. Um, do you have a worst company of the year? Because I have a feeling, like, and again, this is just major level companies. We can't say, oh, you know, um, Boston Wrestling Championship was the worst company. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because I don't know where this company falls into that category anymore. But that's why this is my worst company. You heard it earlier on in the show, folks. My best weekly international TV show of 2019 was NWA Power. So that it hurts my heart to have to give worst company of the year in 2020 to the NWA for purely not being able to get their crap together and being able to put together a goddamn wrestling show because they're a goddamn wrestling company. They should know how to put on a wrestling show at some point, but they can't do it. They lost most of their wrestlers. They just completely threw in the towel and gave up. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there for an honourable mention. However, myself, I went to a company that I had so much hope for when they did come back that just sort of got stuck in the mud and the wheels spun and they kept kept sinking in the mud. And that's sadly Ring of Honour. Wow, okay. (laughs) That actually caught me off guard a little bit because... I'm writing everything down as you're saying what's your best company, what's your worst. And the way you were describing it, I thought you were about to say Impact. (laughs) Yeah, to me, Impact is one of those companies I'm probably never going to get fully behind again. But for the brief moment they did, they were doing good. And then they sort of got stuck in a ditch and then they're like, Hey, AEW, you want to come and pin our world champion on our pay-per-view for no reason in a three-way match where you don't have to do that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, honourable mentions to Impact as well then for being Impact and shooting themselves in the foot 
like Impact always does. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you, though, Ring of Honor. Like, they had me hooked there for the pure title tournament. Like, I gave that as, like, an honourable mention for my best TV series of the year was the Ring of Honor pure title tournament. But then they had nothing else. They just ran out of ideas immediately and just burnt that thing, like that pure title sort of stipulations. They burnt that into the ground. They completely just overutilized it. And now they're just done. They're done creatively. Like I said, if they had have announced we're going to have a pure... Um, pure rules match every week and that'll determine a monthly contender that would have made sense if you had like uh two matches at the start of the month and then those two winners based off uh on the third week or something to determine a contender that would have made sense but instead it's just matches in a pure rule setting for the sake of matches because i'm pretty sure the challenger at um final battle didn't face off in a TV pure rules match before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, positively, company of the year domestically. Last year, Alex said Melbourne City Wrestling, while I said Pro Wrestling Australia. Where did you go this year, Alex? Uh, there's been a little bit of a theme for my domestic choices, so if you can sort of read between the lines, you can figure out where I'm going. It is Riot City Wrestling. Wow. Um, I not, something I not something I would have thought I was going to end up choosing at the start of last year when I watched my first Riot City Wrestling show, and to be honest, the production was a bit of a shambles. But by the end of the year, they just got it all together and I'm really invested in their products. So good for them. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, Honourable mention to um, SPW in New Zealand, who had a really good year, um, keeping up a lot of um, stuff up until the pandemic. Um, PWA in Sydney, another honourable mention. And... Um, have to give it to Riot City Wrestling of Adelaide. I felt they were the company that was the um, the most consistent for the larger part of the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, from there, only a couple of awards left. So we go through to award number 10, Event of the Year. So internationally last year, we set a clean sweep of AEW Double or Nothing. I don't think we're going to clean sweep this year, but um, what do you have there, Alex? Yeah, so I've got a lot of honourable mentions here. Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Scrap that. It's just a lot of words. Um, so words can I've be honourable. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to give an honourable mention to AEW Revolution. Uh, it was a fantastic pay-per-view that had the amazing Omega Hangman Page versus the Young, ba Young Bucks Tag Championship match. It was MJF versus Cody, Moxley winning the title from Jericho, and Park versus Orange Cassidy, which was just a breakout moment for him. 
Um, I'm going to have to give another honorable mention to the Brody Lee tribute episode, which I just thought was just incredible. Great moment. But my pick for best event of the year, NXT's Halloween Havoc. Oh, no. He's done it. <laughs> I had to. I, it honestly like was just the funnest two hours of wrestling for me to watch. For my particular weird taste in wrestling, I loved it so much. Yeah. From the from the spooky, stupid um Dexter Loomis stuff to the table ladders and scares match, which was actually a banger. Um there's Damien Priest, Johnny Gargano stuff, spin the wheel, make the deal. Just yeah. It it hit me in all the feels and was everything I wanted in a wrestling show. Fair enough. Um for myself. Honourable mentions to the AEW um, Jericho Cruise. Oh, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. The WWE Royal Rumble last year. Yes. Um, Impact's... Oh, what was it? Impact um, Emergence with the uh, 30-minute Iron Woman match I felt was really good. Um, other than that, I had to go overseas again, (laughs) and I went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. However, I went for New Year Dash. Oh, the Liger tribute? Yeah, the send-off of Liger. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, again... Quick honourable mention, uh, something I forgot, yeah, the um, AEW Brody Lee tribute show as well. Yeah. But um, I kept coming back and just thinking, what show did I enjoy the most last year? And it was the, um, yeah, the New Year Dash, the Liger retirement ceremony. Yeah. Um, do you have a worst event of the year? Alrighty. Yes, I do. I very much so do. Um, well, (laughs) think about this. Dolph Ziggler in a WWE title match in 2020. That happened? Yep. (laughs) Um, what else we got on this card? Oh, Kevin Owens versus Murphy, but it's been relegated to the pre-show. Because you had to have a a no contest for the Raw Women's Championship with Asuka and Sasha. Bailey versus Nikki Cross in a SmackDown Women's Championship. But this is where you'll figure out where we are. Seth Rollins defeating Rey Mysterio in an eye for an eye match. And Bray Wyatt defeating Braun Strowman in a Wyatt Swamp fight, which I completely forgot existed, so I went back and watched it. Oh, no. We we will talk about it again later. Um, I showed Extreme Rules. 
<laughs> yes, my worst event of the year was the horror show at Extreme Rules. Oh, that is a worthy honourable mention, kind sir. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about that for good reasons. Yeah, exactly. Some of the worst stuff's so hard to pick because you block it out of your mind. Oh, like <laughs> that eyeball match. Oh, man. Dude, it wasn't even the worst thing on the show. That swamp How fight does it get was that swamp fight was just ridiculous. It was so dumb. Like, Braun Strowman got eaten by an alligator. <laughs> oh, man. It it was terrible. Yeah. And not um, to mention, yeah, you Dolph Ziggler in a world title match. Uh, that ship sailed, man. Get Dolph in a title match? Wasn't it against Drew? Yes. So bad. That, yeah, that it doesn't is even so feel bad. like that happened. No. Um. Now, since you read down the card, I've uh, pulled up the card here for, uh, right, for my <laughs> my worst event of the year. Honorable mention to the uh, the older uh, horror show at Extreme Rules, but I I just can't go past this. So we had a. Uh, pre-show match of Private Party defeating Dark Order, Reynolds and Silver. Joey Janela with Sunny Kiss defeating Serpentico with Lufa. The Young Bucks defeating Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Matt Hardy defeating Sammy Guevara. Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky defeat The Natural Nightmares. Uh, sorry, with the Natural Nightmares, defeated the Dark Order. Yep. FTR defeat Omega and Page. Orange Cassidy defeat Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Moxley defeating MJF. But to top it all off, there's also Hikaru Shida defeating Thunder Rosa clean. <laughs> Lance Archer eliminating Eddie Kingston when he went through the middle ropes in a casino battle royale. But the creme de la creme, the icing on the cake, is the elusive Big Swole defeating Dr. Britt Baker via knockout in a two-for-nail match. AEW All Out 2020. That is a very, very good choice. Um, the broken rules match where Matt should have stopped and they should have just said it's a no contest. Yeah. So pretty much our two choices of the two shows I narrowed it down to. (laughs) Pretty much, Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like there's another award we're giving out later and yeah, it involves a match from each of those shows, me trying to figure out which one to pick. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but positively, domestically, event of the year. Last year, Alex had said Clash of the Titans. I had said honourable mention to Clash of the Titans as well as PCW Grand Slam, which ran the same night, but awarded it to PWA Black Label Coliseum Knights 1 and 2 as a co-winner. Um, 
no Coliseum this year, Alex, um, and not a lot of MCW. So what did you choose? I don't think it's uh, PCW Grand Slam, is it? No, it definitely wasn't that. Um, so I don't think you should be too surprised about this. I'm picking PWA's Rick South for the boys. Oh, man, it's such a good event. Just incredible. And the main event, man. I don't want to talk about it too much yet. <laughs> um, I've actually... Like, I've actually... I can't split them. Oh, I'm going to have to say, honourable mention to Rick Sauer for the boys. However... I'm going to have to say EPW Hot Summer's Night um, from February, the Davis Storm um, Marcus Pitt title versus career match was on that. Oh, that was a good show too, yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. It's one of the few EPW shows I watched. Yeah, um, sadly, the VOD disappeared in the second half of the year. Yep. Um. Last award, which is award number 11 here, match of the year. So internationally last year, Alex had said AEW double or nothing, the match of Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Whereas I said New Japan Pro Wrestling, best of the Super Junior final, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takage. Um, I don't think you're going to get a repeat this year, Alex, but um, maybe another <laughs> Cody match. Where did you go? So I've got some honourable mentions first up. Uh, the Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman Page from AEW Revolution. And I know it's technically a cinematic match, but I still classed it in here as just an overall match of the year contender was the Boneyard match from WrestleMania 36 Night 1, Undertaker no, versus AJ Styles. No, that's completely fair because I felt... Looking back, uh, once we did have crowds or just empty arenas, I felt there wasn't a cinematic match that stood out above a uh, empty arena or limited crowd match. Yeah, and I felt like the Boneyard match was probably, like, even though it was very cinematic, it was very, very much a wrestling match still. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just running around like playing in a dentist office and getting eaten by alligators. They're actually taking bumps here. So, yeah. And another honorable mention is the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble match, which I think was probably one of the most perfectly booked Royal Rumble matches of all time. Just incredible. But yeah. my match of the year. I can't believe I'm picking this. It is from the October 29th, 2020 edition of NXT UK. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Just one of the most incredible matches I've ever watched in my entire lifetime. And the fact that it was in a completely dead, empty arena made it even better because these dudes were slapping the heck out of each other. 
That's a very good choice, sir. Um, honorable mention from myself, I thought it was a really good match. You finally watched it? Yeah, I do my homework. Don't you worry. boy. I th- didn't think you were ever going to get around to watching it. <laughs> no, no, I went back and watched that. It uh, took me a little while to get back to NXT UK after that week. I decided to watch everything and they... Uh, Certain uh, wrestler was on there, need we not say any more. Exactly. Um, yeah, for myself, honourable mentions to a few of the cinematic matches here. Uh, AEW Stadium Stampede I thought was a lot of fun. The WWE uh, Firefly Funhouse WrestleMania match, Cena versus The Fiend, I really enjoyed. I know you enjoyed the Take one a lot more. I enjoyed the Cena one a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've actually got here, like, an actual category for cinematic matches. Ooh, go on then. So if you're just going to completely undersell my cinematic match choices there whilst chucking them in the honourable mentions, I might as well throw these awards out now. Did you have um, a best cinematic match? Yes, best and worst. Okay, just say your best for now then. Our best cinematic match for 2020 for me was the Stadium Stampede. Ooh. Very good. And very closely followed by the Firefly Funhouse, which I thought was just a masterpiece. The reason why I lumped the um, Boneyard match in with my match of the year contenders is because I felt like it was... Yeah, just all the bumps and the spots they were doing, like, it sort of was just as much of a wrestling match as any other wrestling match. Yes. Yeah. Just smoke and mirrors. But, yeah, go on. Um, Yeah, so my best cinematic match was the Stadium Stampede match. I got a lot of fun out of it, which I think those matches should do. Um, yeah. Going on, I think it was day three of the best of the Super Juniors, um, Shingo versus Suzuki. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the night of my birthday, day three. I really enjoyed that match. Um, for me, when thinking back, there's not a lot of um, great standout matches. There's a lot of good matches. Um, Honourable mention again to Walter and Dragunov. However... I went G1 this year for a best match. Yeah. Uh, so, New Japan Pro Wrestling, G1 Night 5. The match of Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takage, which I gave six beers. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just couldn't go past that match again. Um, I felt <laughs> it surpassed their best of the super juniors the previous year and thought it was a lot better. Um, yeah, that was a absolute hoot. There's a probably about seven or eight G1 matches from this year that I could probably just throw into my honorable mentions. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Um, so worst of match of the year, where do you go? Um, both as terms of in-ring-wise and cinematic-wise. All right, I'll get cinematic out of the way first. It really was a toss-up between our two worst events of the year. 
either AEW All Out or the horror show at Extreme Rules, but my worst cinematic match of the year. I went back and watched them both because I just couldn't decide. Oh, you poor man. Which one I thought was worse. And to be honest, I, I at least got a couple of giggles out of a couple of the stupid things that happened in that dentist office. But there was nothing, nothing at all redeeming about this goddamn swamp fight, which was just in this dark swamp and you can barely see what's happening anyway. So it is the swamp fight between Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman at the horror show at Extreme Rules. Yeah, I'd have to agree an honourable mention. However, the fact they were promising Dr. Britt's going to be healthy for so long and we just got this and somebody won by stabbing someone with a needle and then using, like, sleeping gas over their face to win via knockout. It And that kicked off the show. That put a good quality tag team match on the pre-show. Yep. That that sucked. That yep. that set the tone for the entire pay per view, and that dragged down the quality of that all out pay per view. Two for nail match, worst match, worst cinematic match of the year. I have a feeling that we're going to have the same worst in ring match. So I'm just going to jump the gun here and go first. From New Japan Pro Wrestling, Evil with Dick to go versus Tatsuya Naito every single match. Oh, okay. Okay. I had one in particular, but <laughs> I'll um I'll just yeah, I'll get rid of the qualifier of D- Dominion. I'll just say yeah, Tatsuya versus Tetsuya Naito versus Evil any match. Yeah, I don't even have honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> I just had one very specific match written down. Just was the Dominion it. one their first meeting? Because yes. that one, that one I could excuse because it had uh, Chunky Bushi on the apron that distracted Naito. Yeah, but every meeting after that, Evil and Dick to go, Evil and Dick to go, and it's just oh, it it just sucked the life out of me. I'm going to change my worst wrestler of the year. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I had to change mine and, like, at least add evil to mine. Otis, you're off the hook. I'm changing it to evil and dick to go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There you are, Otis. Run free. (laughs) Yeah, good. Because, like, if you think about it, like, there's got to be a curve there. Evil is at a much higher level in his company than Otis ever was. Yes. So, um, so it's only fair. Can I also say worst cinematic match, co-worst, because it's only just come to mind as I realised Otis. The WWE Money in the Bank. Not oh. so much the match itself, but the payoff of Baron Corbin throwing two men to their death off the top of Time Towers and Rey Mysterio no-sells it the next night. Not a scratch, not a bandage, just, oh, thank God there was a second roof two metres below. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just so dumb. Oh, my God. What a weird year. (laughs) But 
to close it off on a positive note, um, domestic match of the year. Clean sleep last year, as we said, PWA, all eyes on Troy, the main event of Shazam McKenzie defending the PWWA championship after holding it for 600-plus days against Jessica Troy. Now, I don't know where you're going to go this year. Do you want me to go first or yourself? Go first, but I have a weird feeling it might be a clean sweep again, but you've watched a lot more than I have, so you've got more possibilities than I have. Um, I'm just going to say there are too many honourable mentions to list. Um, Quickly... Davis versus Marcus Pitt, EPW Hot Summer's Night. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think of the Rocky Monero defense before Baron. Um, oh, who was the one he just had the video replay against? Redshaw? Yes, Redshaw. Um, that was a really good match, um, especially introducing the instant replay there. Redshaw's celebrating, his music's hit. He's going, he's going. Rocky's calling for the replay as his foot was under the rope. Referee calls it. He waves off the thing. The music stops. He rolls up Redshaw. His feet are on the ropes. Ref doesn't see his feet and awards him the championship. Mwah. Lovely heel work. Just but, an insanely good match. Just so wonderful together. Um, also, the Jamie Tagatadesse um, SPW championship win. I forget the event off the top of my head, but that was a really good match as well. Yeah. Um, but I've got to say, I've got to go back to PWA, and I'm going call to arms this year, Jessica Troy versus Charlie Evans. Oh, wow. Okay. I was it's tossing up between two, and I think yours is the <laughs> other think... one, and I'll give yeah. that an honourable mention in a moment. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the um, Troy-Charlie Evans match, telling a lot of the um, backstory there, them being a tag team as the Floozies before Charlie left to go over to the UK. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that match. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you. And, yeah, I might as well make it for Jessica Troy uh, in two years for Best Match of the Year awards from us two. Yeah, yeah, clean sweep last year. Not exactly a clean sweep this year because my match of the year is Jessica Troy versus Steph DeLander. Steel cage match from Rick South for the boys. Yeah. What a match. I loved the way that match was set up because the um, I believe it was the January event. Steph comes out and, like, gets tired and, like, it's a DQ finish and then calls for the cage match in the post-match. And that cage yeah. match, just mwah. Just so good. Just, I, I just don't understand why more people aren't talking about this woman because she's just, she's basically Lady Okada. She can't, like, get into a ring without it instantly being, like, at least four stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose, do you have anything else you want to touch on um, that we didn't touch on, if you have any worst of that we didn't touch on or anything? Nah, it's 
pretty much all covered there, mate. Um, yeah, everything's covered. Just crazy amount of awards, awards to be honest. Um, Do you want to play a little bit of impromptu, likely, unlikely? Alrighty, yeah. Okay. Um, Darwin Wrestling has two shows this year. Unlikely. I say likely. I'm not as optimistic as everyone else. <laughs> You're going to find that out from this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wrestle Rock makes a return this year. Likely. I think they've already kind of teased it, I think. Really? I haven't heard any of that. I'm going to say likely as well. Sorry. That's all right. A major Queensland company emerges from the ashes of AWL. I'll say likely. I'll specifically say Wide Bay. I think it's just gonna that's just gonna be where everyone goes and that becomes the company. Yeah, I knowing a bit more of the Queensland geography and stuff. Like Wide Bay could emerge as sort of a um like a uh, second tier sort of company like and this isn't trying to be mean spirited or um put down anything like a um uh, like how PWA is sort of um tier one domestically. Like you yeah. understand that, yeah. Um yeah. sort of like um below them is um uh, what is it? Frankie Wrestling Australia, um, IWA sort of tier. Yeah. Yeah. I think Wide Bay could do that, but I think it's more likely someone like um, Venom, who's based in Brisbane, would emerge and um, try to take that top spot. Yeah. Um, I'll say likely because of the amount of Queensland wrestlers there are in southeast Queensland. Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot. MCW runs an arena-type show uh, similar to their MCW 100. Oh, I'm going to say unlikely. I think it's going to take a... Because, yeah, they haven't been at it for over a year now. As we're recording this, it is the week of their return, I think. And... um. I think they're just going to need a bit of time before they can start getting too adventurous like that. Yeah, I have to say unlikely as well. Um, what's the last question I can ask? Um, a, okay, two more questions. Major 
VOD services for EPW and MCW close and fall under the new Wrestling Australia network. Unlikely. Everyone will get greedy. <laughs> I'll say unlikely as well. Do you have any? I not off the top of my head, man. I can't really think of anything. Um Yeah, I think it's like it's going to be a more active year, but I don't think it'll be like as active as everyone's kind of thinking it's going to be, just in my pessimistic mind. Because, yeah, the travel restrictions are still going to be in play for quite a bit, I think. Yeah, Uh, so last one here. And New Zealand Australian co-promoted show takes place in either country, like how MCW and SPW have co-promoted Southern Rumble in New Zealand before. It's probably out of everything I'm going to say unlikely to, it's probably the most likely of everything that's unlikely to me, if that makes any sense. So you're saying... I'm saying it's unlikely, but I could also see it happening somehow. I say likely, and that's that's more so their wrestlers or their champions going across than most of the promotion, like in previous years, going across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could say it happening, but uh, it's just such a... Such a tough thing at the moment. Yeah, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, especially given um, Darwin was getting right up there. Um, They were going to crown their first champion in a three-way match. Um, Wrestle Rock was heating up again. Um, Queensland Wrestling, God bless it, but... AWL, out of the merger of Pro Wrestling League and Australian Wrestling Alliance. Oh, there was so much hope and so much potential for that company, and the pandemic hit at the worst possible time for it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I don't see MCW running an arena, but I could see PCW trying to get back to a basketball stadium for their third Grand Slam. Uh the Australian Wrestling Network's picked up a fair bit of content, but I'm not sure if MCW or EPW will fall under that. And whilst I think wrestlers like Marcus Cool may come across to MCW regularly, I'm not entirely sure if we'll get a full co-promoted show. Nah, I'm not sure either. Um, well, another year done. Crazy. Let's see what the next year brings. Yeah, exactly. Ah, well, I suppose with that being said, uh, where can the good humans find you, Alex? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AU. Uh, search us up on Facebook. 
Wrestling Oz style, and you can find Chris at at I am Chris Funder as well. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Oz style archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Happy anniversary, babes! Mwah. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um.